I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What is going on, business artists? Welcome to Artspiration, a special segment on the Artist Business Plan, where we highlight an artist from the Superfine community and talk to them about what's working for them, tips and tricks for other artists, and what they're excited about. Uh, what's special about this episode is that this Artspiration guest, Heidi, started out as an artist business plan listener, just like all of you out there. Um, so she really knows how to apply artist business plan tips uh, and make them work for her and boost her own art career goals. Um, if you don't know me by now, my name is James Milley. I am the managing partner and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair the most widespread art fair for artists in the U.S., and one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and marketing of your art. On this Artspiration episode, we have Heidi Horowitz here with us on the mic. Heidi is going to share some awesome tips with you today on how to communicate with buyers. I don't know about you, but I'm so excited to hear what she has to say. But first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are back here with Heidi Horowitz, and we are ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Heidi Horowitz's photographs have been featured in exhibitions and venues worldwide, including the Louvre Museum and Art Basel. Heidi has been featured in numerous publications, including Rangefinder, Musée, Culture Hearts, and Artnet, to name a few. She was recently chosen by the Perez Art Museum of Miami as a Pam Picks while exhibiting her work at Superfine during Miami Art Week. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Heidi. Thank you, James. Thank you for your ongoing support. I'm so happy to be here. Um, I hope I can be of some help to your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, before we go ahead and dive into it, Heidi, um, I just want to ask you something to help our listeners get to know the real you. It's a little tradition that we um, we have on the artist business plan. Uh, what is the earliest memory that you have of art? Oh, that's easy. Um, my, I come from a very artistic family where I actually never thought I was artistic at all because I can't, still cannot draw a stick figure. Um, which is why I use a camera. But uh, my parents were both artists. Not they didn't do it for a living, but um, my mother, my father, they would always sign their greeting cards or birthday cards or little notes around the house, you know, with a little smiley. My mother would draw full scenes of a landscape or, or a little girl with a bow in her hair or something, you know, beautiful and pretty that she would whip up in three seconds. My sister 
um, always had an art kit around, whether it was watercolors, acrylic paints, canvases, brushes, everywhere. Um, our house was filled with art supplies. So she would let me play, um, really literally play, where I would just color everything out of the lines and mess everything up. But she went on to have a fine art career, a fine art degree from Smith College. She now has, you know, an unbelievable um, uh portfolio of her paintings. But anyway, that's my sister. Um, so I was exposed to art very, very young. Um, my parents would take us to museums. Um, my parents would always point out the beauty of nature. Um, but I didn't really get into the art of photography until much later, although I was exposed to it from my father. He always carried around Olympus, an Olympus camera with him when we would travel. We'd gone, you know, numerous places and I just took for granted that we had photographs all over the house. Um, they were in albums on the walls, they were in frames or not, or just thrown in boxes. But he always, you know, had everything developed and I uh I just always had an appreciation for the fact that my father would stop if he saw something that was interesting and shoot it. And, you know, those were the days of film. And, you know, we'd wait a month until we had it. Um and we saw it and we had memories. And we'd say, oh, I remember that day. Oh, I remember seeing that. And it's so cool that you actually can have it in front of you again. So also there were things that maybe we didn't see that he saw. And now, and that's what I take from my photography, where I can see something that maybe somebody else didn't. And they'll look at it and say, oh, wow, you saw that. And I didn't. I was there. Um, and that makes me feel great. But anyway, my earliest um, recollection of my exposure to art really had to be when I was a small, small child, just in those greeting cards or photographs laying around. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's beautiful. And I, I love that your first experience with art was really getting to play with, with uh, art supplies instead of you know being very serious about it from from the start i think that's how it should be i think you should you should play um mm -hmm. and just really you know get familiar with what what inspires you um mm -hmm. but then i love the perspective that you're i mean quite literally the the perspective that you mentioned about photography the way that you know maybe you saw things um through kind of your your dad's eyes um from the photos that he would take later on. And so you could see the same thing over again, like a memory, like you said, but from like one person's vantage point. So I think that's really cool. And I mean, that's, that, that's really the beauty of photography, um, and all art. Um, but especially with photography, I think the way that you're saying about a memory, um, that it, it's especially, uh, apparent with, with photography. Um, now, while we're talking about that, um, could you tell us a little bit about some of the inspiration behind the um, the photo series that you create for your art? Sure, I'm happy to. So I have many, many bodies of work, many that I haven't even shown yet. Um, they're still in the works years later because they're just, you know, works in progress. Um, I guess you could say nothing's ever really fully complete. <laughs> As long as I'm living, you know, I keep on shooting and I just, I, I kind of compartmentalize everything. I say, oh, this belongs in this body and that belongs in that body. Um, but one in particular, which you know about, um, which I had shown at um, the two super fine fairs that I've been at, um, is my Mirror Mirror series, which 
um, is a series of photographs that I've done over a couple of years um, that I use um, Barbie dolls. Not always Barbie. You know, you I like to, people say, oh, that's your Barbie series. It's not my Barbie series. <laughs> I don't shoot, plenty of people shoot Barbie dolls. I'm not the first to shoot a Barbie doll. I don't do it to promote the toy. I don't do it, um, you know, to, but I'm really not into Barbie at all. I was never into dolls. Um, so I use the dolls as models of me. It's um, sort of a, an autobiographical, photographical <laughs> uh, essay on my, a part of my life, not my whole life, a part of my life where um, I struggled and I found that through my photography, I could use this as my voice. And not only for my own self-care, my own self-therapy, um, but perhaps the viewer could see themselves in my work as well, which is why I called it Mirror Mirror. Um, it's reflective. It causes me to reflect on a certain time of my life. And I know that I'm not alone. I know that other people, um, especially women, not all, but especially women will um, go through, can't, would go through a period of time that's dark. And, you know, maybe you don't want to talk about it. Maybe you do. My dark period happened when um, I was married, my first marriage. I'm happy to say I'm very happily married now, the second time for 14 years now. Um, thank you. Um, now, grandmother, too. But um, in the past, my, my first marriage was abusive. And it took me a while for me to realize that I was a strong woman and I could move on. I can um, actually live my life in a happy way if I had the strength to leave this marriage um, without being fearful for my life and my children. So um, I always look the part of a suburban mom, soccer mom, you know, and uh, belly school mom, had a son and a daughter. And Nobody would really know what was going on at home if you just looked at me. I owned a local business, a children's clothing store, actually. Um, I put on my face in the morning. I put on my clothes. I, you know, went to dinner like everybody else. I, I smiled mostly. But at home, I was terrified. Um, and, you know, we won't go through the details of that. But what happened was one day, I pulled up to my garage after work. And I looked at my front door and I put my car into reverse and I happened to have the sunroof open at the time. And the sun was just beaming down on me. And it was sort of like an epiphany that I had. And there was one of my photographs, um, it's actually called Epiphany. And it had to do with that particular day. That was day one, I like to say, of the rest of my life. Um, I pulled out of the driveway and I went to a friend's house and she literally hid me for a week. My children are away at summer camp. My now uh, ex and former, he's since passed away, um, husband uh, looked for me. He couldn't find me. Um, I went through this process of getting restraining order and all of that that, you know, we have to do. And I got it immediately. But I was still fearful. So I just went about my life as if everything was normal. 
again, I didn't want anybody really knowing. I confided in this one friend that I, I went to and she, um, she hid me. My mother didn't even know where I was because I was afraid my ex would call her and she would break and tell him out of fear. So I didn't want to put her in a position. Anyway, fast forward um, to a good life. And it doesn't have to do with my current husband. I don't want to say that, you know, I don't rely on other people for my happiness. But um, what happened was I just moved on and I made myself happy. And um, I show this entire story through that Mirror Mirror series. There are some dark photos and some of it is sarcastic or playful. Um, some of it's very serious and you can take from it what you want. And I actually love that, you know, people can take from it what they want. It doesn't have to be my story, but perhaps it is theirs. And whatever you feel, if you feel anything, makes me feel better. And, um, I, you know, so this is, that was a very, very important step in my career as a photographer because I realized that I'm a quiet person I'm a private person but if I can um, speak through my lens I'm happy to do it it makes me happy um, and so that was one but there's plenty of other bodies of work for instance um, there's one that I did called the weight the weight is about the feeling that you get or I at least feel still when I go to a doctor's office and I'm waiting, whether it's a routine visit or for something else, um, you're waiting in the waiting room and you wait and you wait. And then you finally get into the exam room and they say, okay, the doctor will be right there. And you're waiting alone in your gown on the table and waiting. And then the doctor will show up and he says, okay, I'll be right back. And you're waiting again in anticipation of what is he coming back with? Is he going to say, okay, well, everything's great. I'll see you next year. Or, hmm, let's talk. And I always had that fear. And that fear really manifested when I was old enough to have my first mammogram. I know people who've had breast cancer. I know people who've died from cancer. One is my current husband's former wife. He was married for 30 years. And of course, his biggest fear is that I'm going to go to the doctor and come back with a report. So I try to keep myself healthy, of course. But we're talking about the feeling that I had and have every time I go to a doctor's office, not knowing the outcome of that day. So what I started doing to alleviate that fear was I would take my camera with me and I would shoot in the waiting room. Um, I would just shoot the empty chairs and me sitting in it alone in my chair. Um, I would photograph the exam room, um, the mammogram machine, things like, you know, that would uh, kind of remind me of that day and the fear. I wanted to see it again so I can realize I'm here. I'm still here and I'm healthy. And I thank goodness every day for that. And, um, you know, try to move on. So that's another thing. And my, I have to say, I think my, what most inspires me, um, my work is nature. Um, it really is my greatest inspiration. Um, the water, especially I'm blessed to live part-time on the ocean in South Florida. 
And from my vantage point, living seven stories up right on the ocean, I witnessed the ever-changing light show of the ocean created by the sun, the moon, the depth of the water at the, the time of day, the activity of the waves. It calms me to watch this. And I only want to share that feeling with the world, so I shoot it. And I've done thousands of them, literally. I've printed maybe 15. Um, I work with nature. I just, I love working with nature. Um, usually unedited. Um, sometimes I will edit just to enhance a, a color. Um, usually not, though. I like what nature shows if I have the right settings. I like to play with the settings. Um, with the exposures, if there's time, um, the ever-changing light patterns are just just so fun for me to chase. Um, so I edit only when I think it's really necessary. Um, and, you know, that really is, I found later, in the late, latest years, I said the last five or so years, that I just love, love nature. This past year, especially during COVID, when we were all forced to stay home, I found that um, I saw things in my own backyard that I'd never seen living here for 15 years. Um, beautiful flowers that I did not plant. All of a sudden, they come up. Um, I don't know what it has to do with the atmosphere, the environment, but such beauty arrived at my doorstep this past year, which is a, a silver lining to this horrific year that we've all had. I've seen birds. I now have blue birds, red birds, yellow birds. Um, and I just, I love to be outdoors. And even when we have to, uh, we're forced to eat outdoors. If we wanted to go to any restaurant, we're eating outdoors. I don't live in the city. But if I went to the city, um, I did a lot of street work while I was there. And um, I get a lot of inspiration from, you know, seeing people's expressions and, you know, just watching their movements, but this was always, I always had that love of people watching um, and shooting in low light. That is, you know, to me, that's special. Somebody else would say, this happens every single day. Why is today different? I said, it doesn't happen every single day. Some days are cloudy, you know, it's different. Weather plays a huge role in how I shoot, whether it's high noon, late afternoon um, in the nature shoot, um, my nature photography and my street photography, um, whether I'm indoors, outdoors, of course, lighting is everything. But that's my inspiration what really comes from my life. Um, and I have to say the most important body of work that I do have to date is the Mirror Mirror series. Um, I stopped shooting it a few years ago and now I show it and sell it. Um, and I really do get to reflect on it more and more and more. Um, and I can appreciate the happy times. Um, I don't ever want to forget the hard times because you don't get where you are today unless you've gone through where you were yesterday. So, you know, I do have a, an appreciation for the, the path, my path in life. And um, I also I get to teach my children how to be, um, you know, to appreciate our world around us, our environment, the beauty of nature, and the goodness of life. Very, very important to me to spread that message. I have a very, very optimistic outlook 
I'm happy to see the world again. I'm happy to see people out and about, maskless. Um, and we just pray for a happy, healthy future. And I hope to document it in any way I can through my work. I'll continue to shoot. Um, I don't think I'll ever, ever stop. Which makes me happy. So <laughs> the minute it doesn't make me happy is when I'll stop. So we keep going. We learn. We share. And, um, you know, and, and that's my story of my inspiration, I guess. It's ongoing. Well, Heidi, I, I love that. And it sounds like you have a really clear um, understanding as to as to why you you um, do photography and, and, you know, have your camera with you where you go. Um, I, I love the way that not only do you use photography as a therapeutic, you know, means, um, for not only yourself, but also to share with others, but really, I mean, like with your, you know, like the mirror mirror series, like you mentioned, I mean, you're really confronting something that otherwise, you know, you could just be avoiding or forgetting. And, and it's a way to, not forget and kind of bringing it back to what you were saying originally about, you know, with your dad's photographs, it's like, you, you're really taking a memory. And even though your photographs are conceptual, they're not like a photo of, of the, um, uh, the moment in the case with the mirror mirror series, it's, it's, uh, it's a reflection. It's, a uh, uh, an interpretation of, of that moment, like translated, um, using, using these, um, dolls as, as the models to, you know, in place yeah, of yourself. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, there's a really, really important point here about, you know, why, why does an artist make art, um, and also what it can do for you and, and the people around you. Um, so I, th I think that that's really beautiful and, and thank you for sharing, um, the story behind your art. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Um, thank you. yeah. So Heidi, I, I want to bring it home for our listeners. I just want to um, if you wanted to close out just sharing another thought about how, how an artist can take their art, you know, you know, like you said, you're, you're selling the mirror mirror series artists out there listening, they're, they're selling their work as well. Um, but besides just selling it, how, you know, how can you be communicating and, and helping helping the person who's interested in your art in their own lives um, besides just buying something that they're going to put on their wall. Like how do you, how do you communicate um, the message of your art with, you know, someone that you're, you're meeting without giving them the whole story, like, you know, giving them the chance to, to, you know, place themselves and their own mm -hmm. interpretation. Um, if you want to just kind of, you know, share your thoughts on that. Sure, that's easy. Um, due to our technology, um, which I have to admit, at my age, I'm not very tech savvy, but um, Instagram has been an unbelievable source of communication for me. Um, I will post something just sometimes just for fun, or um, if it's timely for the day or the you know period, um, I post something without um, even thinking that I might sell a print of it. It's more about um, maybe you'll feel this today, um, whether it's from the Mirror Mirror series or um, something else. I'm not talking about my family photos that I'll throw up sometimes, <laughs> you know, here and there. I very rarely do that, but sometimes I do. 
Um, but if there's something that will show, okay, I'm going to give you a perfect example of something. I put on one of my um, images of a Barbie. That was She's wearing a tutu, pink tutu. Um, it was a snowy day, and I dropped it. I dropped the doll by accident. And that inspired me to, um, you know, to shoot what I did. And what I shot was, I there was a UPS driver actually driving by, and I asked him to come over. Can you do me a favor? I need a man's boot mark on this doll in the snow. Can you do that for me? He said, sure. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like fun. I said, okay, it's not that much fun, but please just do me a favor. I needed that. So there's this image of Barbie in a pink tutu face down in the snow with a man's boot mark on her. So I posted it um, because it was having, I was having a really bad day one day. And I said something like, haven't you ever had a day like this? So somebody saw it. Um, and she is a psychiatrist or psychologist, I'm, I'm going to say, psychologist. She deals mainly with teenage girls and their issues, whether it's body dysmorphia or self-esteem issues or whatnot. And she gave me a little bit of her background. And she asked if she could use that image um, as the cover of her podcast. And I, she said she would pay for it and whatever. I said, absolutely. I am not charging you for that. You've given me such a great gift just knowing that it resonated with you and you think that that will resonate with your people. That was an amazing day for me. So what went from a really crappy day turned out to be so awesome that, I mean, there's no price you can put on that. You know, so as far as not selling, there you go. Yeah. I wasn't trying to sell, and I didn't sell, but I gained from it anyway. It wasn't monetarily, but I gained from it. I gained um, insight, confidence. You know, um, turned out great. Um, the name of her podcast, I think it was called "Bringing Sexy Back," um, <laughs> and I think that was something to do with you know girls, um, you know, self esteem, where it's okay to you know feel sexy, but you know, it doesn't mean you're actually going out there and asking for trouble. And I love the message. Um, and anyway, so that's that, but also, uh, Instagram in other ways helped me realize that other people resonate with my message. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, taking the time to be really honest, like leading with that, that authentic foot forward versus uh, no pun intended with the, the, the mm -hmm. boot. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely just, you know, when you, when you put it out there and you're not like overly worried about selling it, it's more just, you know, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this thing that I made, um, then everything that you want to be achieving with your art career, you're going to get it. So I, I think that's a beautiful story. Thank you. Cool. Well, Heidi, thank you so much. And to all of you business artists out there, Heidi has been here sharing her amazing perspective. Um, you'll definitely want to go back and listen to this and all of our past podcasts on our website at www.superfine.world. Uh, to connect with Heidi, you can follow her at Heidi Horowitz. 21 on Instagram and also check out HeidiHorowitz.com. 
As always, remember that we are at Superfine Art Fair on Instagram, and we always appreciate a share when you're listening to and enjoying the artist business plan. And once again, we'd really appreciate it if you could take just a moment of your time and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings and reviews are so critical in helping other artist entrepreneurs just like yourselves find us. And as always, I'd like to wrap up the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. And that quote is, Don't stop when you're tired, stop when you're done. And that is by Wesley Snipes. Heidi, it has been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners. And for that, we are so grateful. Well, thank you, James, for the opportunity to do so. And I look forward to the most fun in-person art show again with Superfine in New York in September and in March in Miami. Absolutely. Really looking forward. I cannot wait, Heidi. Thank you. I can't wait to. Everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. And remember to stay on top of your artist business plan, get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.